Welcome to Pondberry Island, where dungeons, crypts, and hidden places teem with peril and secrets. Beatrice, Alice, and Punch have founded their very own dungeon-clearing business, and they fearlessly delve into the shadows, uncovering the mysteries that lurk beneath. Stay tuned, for the Dungeon Crashers are here to light the way. For a price. Episode 3. The Rat Queen. Beatrice, Alice, and Punch never traveled very far outside of their small home of Northtown. They had certainly heard of Newcastle, and listened intently to those traders and travelers who came through Northtown with tales of the city. Newcastle was right in the middle of Ponbury Island, built on two sides of a river. It had everything. Universities, libraries, shops of all kinds, buildings that stretched up to the sky, parks, and, apparently, the Rat Queen. The trio took their time walking down the main street of the big city. Shop doors were open, and people were everywhere. Merchants set up stalls in open spaces and called out to potential buyers of their wares. Spices! Rare spices from faraway lands! Spices! Weapons! Defend yourself with the best weapons! Potions! Potions, elixirs, and tonics! Come get your potions! This place is awesome, said Punch. Agreed, said Alice, taking notes as usual. Very cool. We've got to come back here sometime when we aren't on the job, said Beatrice, reminding herself and Alice and Punch that they were here for a client and had work to do. Alice looked around for street signs and looked down at the map. Okay, so based on what Ramona the Goblin told us, we need to go that way. She turned and headed down the street, and Beatrice and Punch followed. A few turns and some blocks later, they arrived at an alley. Not quite a dark alley, since it was the middle of the day, but it was not very inviting. Trash lined the buildings on either side, graffiti covered the brick walls, and steam wafted up from a manhole cover. Well, there it is, said Alice. In the alley, said Beatrice, looking all around. But there's nothing here. I don't even see any rats. What about that, said Punch, pointing down at the ground. Right at the girl's feet was a large round manhole cover leading to the sewers below. You know, now that I'm here, I'm not as excited about going down into the sewer and meeting the Rat Queen, said Beatrice. Same, said Alice and Punch at the same time. But they had work to do. They knelt and together lifted the manhole cover up and scooted it to the side. They peered down into the darkness of the sewer. A tiny stream of water flowed along a brick pathway. A ladder was bolted into the bricks leading down. Beatrice took the initiative and began the descent. Soon they were all three standing on the side of the brick pathway trying not to get their feet wet in the little stream. Which way? asked Beatrice. Um, I don't know, answered Alice. Ramona's notes stop here. I guess we just uh, look around? Before they could take a step, a voice from above called out. What are you doing down there? The dungeon crashers looked up through the manhole they just came down through. An old woman stood bent at the waist, looking down at them. She wore an apron and had a towel slung over her shoulder. Um, well, we're, uh, on a job, actually, said Beatrice. We're looking for someone, for a client, and 
Are you looking for someone down in a sewer? Said the old lady. Ain't nobody live down there, stinky. Well, it's not a person. Actually, it's, um, well, we're looking for an animal, kind of, Beatrice stuttered. For some reason, she felt awkward telling this woman that they were seeking the Rat Queen. All right, then, out with it, get to it. Who are you looking for? The lady demanded. We're looking for the Rat Queen. Have you seen her? Blurted Punch. Oh, yeah, the Rat Queen, sure. But she don't live in no sewer. What kind of queen lives down in that stink hole? Continued the woman. Come on up now, back off with you, right this way. Embarrassed, the girls climbed back out of the sewer and replaced the manhole cover. First time in a city? asked the woman. The girls nodded sheepishly. Thought so. Follow me. And the old lady walked to a wall of wooden boxes, leaning against a building. She pointed at a gap in the boxes and they noticed that it was kind of like a doorway, leading to another short, dead-end alley. Right down there, said the old lady. Best be staying out at them sewers then. Yes, ma'am, said the girls all together. Thank you, said Beatrice. The old lady smiled big and walked away. The girls turned and looked down the alley. It was like any other alley, except that it was quite clean. Some rats scurried about here and there, too busy to give the girls much attention. The girls walked slowly, looking all around for some sign of the Rat Queen. At the end of this dead-end alley, sitting on some boxes, was one particular rat that the other rats seemed to be coming to. The other rats would scurry up the boxes and squeak back and forth with this one particular rat and then scurry off. The girls stood and stared for a moment, not quite sure how to approach a Rat Queen, and before they made their move, the one particular rat turned and gave them her attention. The rat stood on her hind legs and said to the girls, May I help you? In a tiny rat voice. Now, the girls traveled all the way to Newcastle to talk with a rat queen, so it should not have been much of a surprise when the rat spoke to them, but it was. They were a bit stunned, and Beatrice simply said, Um, don't gawk, dear. You're in the presence of royalty the Rat Queen said calmly. No, I, yes, I mean, we're here on a job for a client, you see, began Beatrice, trying to regain her composure. There's a problem with the rats, and Baroness, if you have a problem with rats, then you have a problem with me, interrupted the Rat Queen. Do you have a problem with me? No, 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 that, that's not what I meant, stuttered Beatrice. Do not bring me your problems, little girl, said the Rat Queen. If you are looking for help, bring solutions, not problems. Now, is there a solution that involves me? Yes, there is. Uh, Baroness Lumina, her tower. The rats lived in the dungeon, but the goblins moved into the dungeon and drove all the rats upstairs, and Lumina doesn't want to live with the rats because they scare her dog, said Beatrice. So I'm wondering if there's a way for you to uh, maybe relocate the rats so they don't live in Lumina's tower anymore? You do better when you speak plainly, little girl, said the Rat Queen. Yes, I can relocate the rats from Lumina's tower. For a price. What do you offer for this work? Oh, uh, well, we didn't bring much, really, said Beatrice. I wasn't sure what a Rat Queen would want. Favors, dear. I want favors, said the Rat Queen. 
If I am to rid the Baroness's Tower of Rats, then you three will each owe me a favor, to be paid in full sometime in the future. What kind of a favor? asked Alice, piping up next to Beatrice. Time will tell, young one, said the rat, but it won't be anything you and your associates here aren't capable of, I assure you. Beatrice turned to Alice and then to Punch for looks of approval and then said, Okay, you've got a deal. Excellent, said the Rat Queen. By the time you return to Lumina's Tower, the rats will be gone. And uh, uh, how will we know about the favor? asked Beatrice. Should we check back in a few weeks or something? When I need you, I will find you. Now leave me to my work, dears. Goodbye said the Rat Queen, and she continued speaking orders to the rats around her. The girls all left the alley, and once they made it back out to the street, began discussing the whole thing. They were excited to have completed another mission, but apprehensive about this mysterious favor they now owed the Rat Queen. She seems nice enough, at least, said Alice. And I'm getting so many good notes here in Newcastle. I don't think she's nice at all, said Punch. She acts nice because she's a queen, and that's what queens do. They act nice. But I bet if we don't finish this favor for her, we're rat bait. That's a little dramatic, said Beatrice. Anyway, we don't have to worry about that favor right now. Let's check out the city for a bit before we head back. The three explored the city, and as they were leaving town, Beatrice noticed something. Oh my gosh, you guys, look, she said, pointing across the street to a specific shop. Alice and Punch followed Beatrice's gesture to a brightly painted storefront that read, Sparkle Dungeon. No way, said Alice. I've heard of those guys. They're one of the most popular dungeon-clearing businesses on Pondberry Island. Let's go check it out, said Beatrice. No way, said Alice. Sparkle Dungeon? One of the most popular dungeon-clearing businesses on Pondberry Island? Let's go check it out, said Beatrice. We can't go in there. We're not customers, said Alice. So what? We're like networking, right? said Punch. Beatrice and Punch led the way across the street, and Alice reluctantly followed. They entered the Sparkle Dungeon office, and a bell on the door jingled, announcing their arrival. This office was much bigger and fancier than the Dungeon Crashers. There were bookcases and multiple desks with stacks of paper on them and paintings hung on the walls. It was like a real grown-up office. Help you? Asked a girl at a desk near the front door who was flipping through stacks of papers. Yeah, hi, I'm Beatrice, and uh, we were in the neighborhood, and I, well, we were just wanting to meet you all, and... Beatrice stumbled a bit through her words. Her and Alice and Punch were all three a little starstruck at meeting the most famous dungeon crew on Pondberry Island. Is it a haunting or an infestation? asked the girl at the desk, not looking up from her papers. An infestation we can handle in a few days, but if it's a haunting, it'll have to wait until next week. Oh, no, we're not customers, said Beatrice. We're the dungeon crashers from Northtown. We were in the city on business, and we just stopped in to introduce ourselves and say hi. Listen, Sparkle Dungeon doesn't have much time around the office for meet and greets. Maybe some other... Before the girl at the front desk could finish her thought, another person in the office stood up. Hello, hello, I'm Dina, she said. Sorry about the reception. We tell Gabby here to try and keep out the looky-loos so we can get our work done. But if you're fellow dungeon workers, then come on in. 
Dina gave them an easy smile and all her attention. Her long brown hair was worked into one thick braid down her back. Her kind nature put the girls at ease. The dungeon crashers felt more welcome now and relaxed a bit. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're fellow dungeon workers. I, I mean, nothing like you all here. I'm sure you've got more business than you know what to do with, said Beatrice. We're just getting started out, you know. You said it. We literally have more work than we can get to, said Dina. What did you say your name was? The Dungeon Crashers and Sparkle Dungeon all took a moment to introduce themselves to each other. They talked shop for a bit, and then Dina made a proposal. Listen, we've been rejecting jobs lately since we just don't have the time, Dina began. How about if we give you some of the jobs we don't have time for? If you complete the job, then you get paid and give us a small finder's fee. All at the same time, the Dungeon Crashers said, We'll do it! The idea of getting to work for Sparkle Dungeon had them so excited. Punch noticed a basket full of papers on a desk nearby. The basket was labeled Rejected. She grabbed a paper from the top of the stack. Here, we'll take this one, she began reading from the paper. It says here, Client unknown, location, Thames Forest, fee, 1,000 gold. A thousand gold? blurted out Beatrice. She had never seen 1,000 gold pieces in her entire life. Let me see that. Beatrice took the paper from Punch's hand and began silently reading the additional details. Oh, no, you don't want that one, said Dina. Tames Forest is far too dangerous. Even I wouldn't. But before Dina could issue her warning, the dungeon crashers were all in. I'd punch out every creature in Tames Forest for a thousand gold, said Punch. I think, with the proper research, we could complete the job, said Alice. All three girls were now huddled around the piece of paper describing the job. Dina continued her protest. No, seriously, this isn't the kind of job we take. It's too fishy, and Thames Forest is too dangerous and unpredictable for... I know we're just getting started, but we're kind of on a roll right now, said Beatrice. We've handled a ghost and dealt with goblins and rats. I think it's time we test our mettle in Thames Forest. Even though they had technically only had two jobs, Beatrice was eager to prove herself to Dina and the rest of Sparkle Dungeon. Dina began to protest again, to explain to Beatrice and her friends that this was not a job they should take. But another member of the Sparkle Dungeon team piped up. It was a woman named Slash. Half of her head was shaved, and the other half was long, blonde hair hanging down past her belt. Her thick, pink eyeshadow nearly glowed it was so bright. Let him take the job, Slash said. You would have taken it when you were just starting out, right, Dina? You didn't turn down a customer for years, no matter how dangerous the work. Let him figure it out on their own. Besides, sounds like they could use the money. Dina sighed. Okay, okay. But we're coming looking for you if you're not back in a few days. And make sure you're prepared. And don't trust anyone in Thames Forest. And don't dawdle once you're in there. And... We get it, we get it, interrupted Beatrice. We'll be super cautious. And thanks so much for the work. This is so great. We'll get started right away. Thanks, Sparkle Dungeon. Beatrice, Punch, and Alice ran out of the Sparkle Dungeon office as excited as they'd ever been. The three went right away 
to prepare for their trip to Thames Forest.